Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. This show is designed to share with you insights on how to make smarter financial decisions, how to invest better, and how to build financial planning strategies to help you accomplish all your, your goals and dreams and wildest fantasies, Ethan. Well, That's maybe right. Not, maybe not that far. But <laughs> uh, we do want to help you make some smart investment decisions and financial planning decisions on this program. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner, and I have Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hello, Ken. Certified financial planner, um, financial planning expert extraordinaire. Right. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's good to be here. Good to, good to be here. Um, today on the show, I thought we could just kind of open up, talk a little bit about uh, maybe giving us a little market recap, a little empirical weekly market recap of sorts. That sounds good. And then uh, maybe talk about a little article I was going through uh you know, Money Magazine and Smart Magazines I get just to kind of try to keep them honest. <laughs> um, they actually had some pretty good stuff about how to pick a financial advisor, and I thought we could run through some of that. I think it sounds good. some of that. Yeah. All right. You know, maybe before we get to the weekly update here, um, we can just give out our contact information. Um, as usual, you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com. So if you're just a regular listener will have a couple of, of either investment or financial planning related questions. Uh, feel free to send us an email and we'll, we'll happily read your question on the air. And uh, also if you're looking for perhaps some help with your personal situation, we'd love to help you there as well. Um, we can also reach uh, directly in our Seattle office uh, at 800-923-4307. So um, feel free to give us a call anytime. Just mention the radio show and ask for Ken or Ethan. All right, so on to the Markley, the, the market uh, recap. We've decided to do a little uh, recap of the last week uh, on the show here, and this is, the, I guess, the inaugural recap, so let's get started. Stocks are up today, Ethan. This uh, market's hotter than a $2 pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is, my friend. Indeed it is. Uh, yeah, that's nice to see, obviously. Things are happening. Okay. I think some of the concerns uh, in Greece, I think, is the... The main reason for today's uptick, and let's hope that continues. 
Um, but looking back... Um, hey, while you're doing the um, the market recap, I, w- I was wondering if we should have, like, crowd noise. Um, you know how they always do that on CNBC? And there's a lot of crowds in the background screaming and people are... I think it would add to the show. Um, I mean, do you have those types Simon, of do we have any just crowd... Oh, no, that's not what you usually hear. Hold on. That's pretty nice. Uh, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Uh, no, they don't play that either. After I do segments, that's what's going to happen, probably. <sighs> well, we'll see what we can do. All Go right, ahead, Ian. All right. Uh, well, there's lots of news um, out there, uh, but maybe we'll just start with the, some of the economic news out there. And uh, if you are an investor, you've probably noticed the last several weeks, probably the last uh, six or seven weeks, if I am correct, uh, stocks have, have been in a, in a bit of a decline. Um, but part of the reason, probably, is, is the economic news hasn't been, hasn't been that great. Uh, retail sales has uh, been down here uh, recently again relative to expectations. Um, and, and business inventories grew less than expected over the, the course of the last several weeks. Um, and then... What else? Well, let's see here. The what CPI is is, looks to be at 3.4%, which actually isn't uh, doesn't seem to be, to me, uh, that bad of a news. I know we're looking for, for some uh, inflation here. Yeah. Um, housing starts, though, beat estimates, which is good. That's usually an indicator of, uh, of future future economic expansion. That's good. And then um, new and existing home sales um, were, were were flat over the last couple of weeks. So uh, not, a, not a lot of exciting economic news. Perhaps we can look at some of the different returns. Um, yeah, looking, perhaps. Looking at the... Uh, some of the style returns. Now, we, we, we tend to look at things in terms of growth and value, large and small, in terms of market capitalization for stocks and things. Um, over the last week, we've seen small value uh, has been the, the best performing asset class. It's actually positive about uh, you know, just 0.9%, just a little less than 1% for that week versus uh, uh, large growth, for example, actually is negative uh, 0.3%. So, Interesting that the, you know, in our portfolios, we tend to include a little more small, a little more value relative to uh, large and growth. And over this period of time, that's uh, what we've seen. Um, however, over the year-to-date numbers, the, the number is actually inverse. The small value is actually slightly negative for the, year, the year-to-date, while large growth is, is positive uh, year-to-date. Right. Um, one thing I found inter- interesting about the market recap that we're looking at here in front of us, Ken, is that yeah. they have this thing, is the, the chart of the week. And they... Um, What's this? Are we in an airport? It's our crowd. Does this sound like the stock market? A little bit. If it was in a gymnasium or something. Right before a basketball game. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue on. (laughs) Maybe this is better. I wanted to just point out the uh, the foreign exposure to Greece uh, by by bank nationality. It turns out that the the vast majority of the the Greek debt that's outstanding outside of, of Greece... Um, is held primarily by by German banks. There's about looks like twenty sec twenty six billion dollars of, of Greek debt held by German banks, and the the second largest is France, which I guess makes some sense. They're the, the largest economies uh, in Europe, but um, we can see why that both those countries are are very interested in solving the problems right. over there in Greece. And in fact, direct exposure that's pretty good. It's chaos down here. We're on the floor. <laughs> Things are happening. You got to get in. No, get out. Okay, go ahead, Ethan. No, that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, now, let's see if you can do your market recap. I'm sure that most people... Spice it up a little. <laughs> most of the <laughs> listeners... <laughs> yeah, I think you're the one in, in control of the sound effects. 
Um, but you control your voice. That's true. Um, in the U.S., there's about just under $2 billion of exposure directly to, to Greek. That's $2 debt. billion. Dollars. $2, $2 billion. <laughs> Total yeah. exposure in Greek. I need to know what's happening right now. Simon, got the trades? Okay, so, go ahead. So in terms of direct exposure, there doesn't appear to be a lot of risk there, but obviously I think the bigger fear is that this could spill fear. into some Panic. type of contagion that would then spread to other countries, perhaps contagion. across the Eurozone and, and maybe the rest of the world. Okay. So, uh, well, that would... Well, what do you think, Ethan? Should we be getting in or out? Uh, in, in or out of, of what? Well, I'm moving in under... I'm under my desk. No, I'm back into the floor. <laughs> a lot of things going on right now. It's very busy, obviously. In and out of something. <laughs> All right. We've got our own Ethan Brogue on the floor. I don't know what floor he's on. I'm a little shell-shocked right now. Okay, just try to pull it together. All right. Okay, what else do you got? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what else should we cover on this week. Okay, Weekend well, so recap. let me ask you a couple questions here, if we can just... Tone down the noise a little bit? No. Uh, we're on the floor. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, a lot of... A lot of market excitement, I'll tell you that right now. Right. Market's up. We were going down for several days, right. weeks, right? And uh, yeah. a lot of people thought we were spiral- spiraling out of, st- out of control into the perfect storm. Um, but yet you were on the deck trying to hold things down. That's right. Um, hold tight. Yeah, holding things tight. Let me ask you, so... You know, if you if you were an investor who recently started into the market, yeah, call this our client question segment, and um, you you would just put your money into the market, and and then you, you subsequently the the news started to you know, as you said, some of the news about Greece, and um, I don't know what it was the last. Do we have the month? What's gone on in terms of the decline? Um, but you know your your experience might be a tenuous situation where you're worried about your globally diversified, well thought out, extremely well built portfolio, um, and and the opportunity set you have in stocks. What what would be a reasonable time to give a, a strategy before you you started making massive amounts of change or adjusting? As I see, you know, one of the articles here, I'll preface that, is investing reinvented uh, on smart money. And it says, when I went to the page here, uh, Ethan, it says that, um, says that, uh, hold on, you just kind of stepped away here <laughs> for a second. We closed that door? Closed the door uh, just for a second. I'm going to find it. But basically it says something to the effect, uh, I thought when I got to the page, uh, that traditional, here it is, page 48. Uh, traditional money management does um, almost. Where is this thing? Sorry. Well, Ethan, you know what I'm saying. I'm looking for it. I'm not sure that I do. Oh, okay. Says so a decade of traditional. Hold on a second. I gotta. Get back into the main room here. There you go. A decade of traditional investing moves haven't paid off. (laughs) Introducing a new master plan for your money. (laughs) And then it says, investing reinvested, and they got a picture of Einstein on the cover. 
What portfolio uh, do they I'm have for the last that, 10 years? That blows me, that blows me away. Well, it says even as the market recovers, millions of Americans who relied on a buy-and-hold strategy for stocks are not much better off than they were a decade ago. Yeah. Introducing a new master plan for investing. This is, a, this is exciting. I'm excited. I haven't even read it yet. That's how we got to get into this. Yeah. Oh, market timing portfolio. And then they call it follow the herd strategy. I'm just kind of flipping through the page. Wow. I mean, if uh, you, if you uh, I know that the S&P hasn't done particularly well over the last 10 years, right? But, you know, looking at our, our global diversified portfolios, uh, a 60-40 portfolio, you know, yeah. 6% stocks, 40% bonds, so up around 7 or 8% for, on an annual basis for the preceding decade. Well, that's true. That's pretty good. Can't argue with that. It's not bad at all. Um, well, it says almost every investor knows how it used to work at big brokerages and storefront advisors. Financial pros taught their clients the mantra, buy and hold. Stocks and other assets perform best, they argued, when investors picked good ones and left them alone for years, riding the market's ups and downs like a wild pony while their portfolios <laughs> thrive. And certainly there was proof of its success. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we, had, we had a bull market. That, that was it. Oh, man. Well, the funny thing is that investors have not bought and hold. That's been a big problem, like those Dow Bar studies, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they significantly, massively underperformed the general stock market indexes. Even those investors who were buying index funds underperformed. Right. And it wasn't because they were following this mantra that brokers, which, by the way, I don't know too many brokers who, who advise in the traditional biblical sense, right, right. <laughs> advise buying and holding anything. It seems the exact opposite of what they. Yeah, the antithesis. I'm with you on that. And I don't know what a storefront advisor. You know, does anyone have any idea what that is? I'm not is? sure. Simon's waving us off. Oh we, boy, we let's take here. a quick break, Ethan. We'll get back to the chaos right when we get back. All right, stay tuned. It's crazy down here. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? 
The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, and we're back. Empirical Investing Radio. Is your co-host Ethan Broga kicking us off, kicking us off for the next segment here? Um, kicking flavor. What was that, Ken? I was oh, no, in ahead. the middle of kicking it off. You were kicking it off. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to give us a call directly here at the Seattle office at 800-923-4307. Uh, feel free to mention the radio show and ask for Ken or Ethan. We'll happily speak with you. Um, and we can also be reached via email, of course, at contact at empiradio.com. And uh, just before the break, Ken, you were talking about uh, an article that you were reading over, right? And it was something yeah, about... I just grabbed these two magazines, and Smart Money has a picture of Einstein. I, I like Einstein. And he's a smart guy. I think he's a pretty smart guy. And no doubt. So when they talk about... Uh, Hold on a second here, guys. We're going to stop the press. This is this the unnecessary rejoiner? Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, that's the extra extended uh, dance version. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming on. Hey, listen, i got to go back on the floor of the stock exchange here because um, it, I think the reporting is, is more meaningful when we're down there. I'll go with you. Let's uh, go. Let's crack open that door and uh, get it, get down in there. And, okay, we're back on the floor, Ethan. There's a lot more energy down oh. here. Yeah, I think a guy just threw a cheeseburger at me. What? Yeah. Um, anyway, so, you know, reading this article, I, I see Einstein, and, and I think that they're trying to appeal to the, uh, maybe the academic uh, approach to investing, uh, but, but the ac- academic evidence is, so far, and whatever we're reading together, we're all on a journey here. Yeah, I mean, you see, exchange. we're trying to figure this out. You see pictures of him, you think of smart, and I think yeah. you're probably expecting something smart to be between the covers here. Exactly. I, I uh, although Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting, expecting a different result. I've heard that. Um, but yet, we'll, we'll see who's doing that and who's not. I think, everybody, I think everybody says a short attention span is what, why that happens. Mistakes happen again and again. Yeah. Perhaps. So it says, um, you know, it says uh, in the article that uh, millions of Americans who relied on the buy and hold strategy for stocks are not much better off. Now, you had pointed out that anyone following our advice um, would have done quite well over the last decade. That's correct. Uh, 
and that's during a very difficult market cycle. Oh, well. They would have stayed ahead of inflation in most of the allocations and most of the investment uh, strategies that we run. Yeah, net of cost. Uh, um, I just ran it the other day for, for a prospect, a person that was uh, considering uh, working, working with us. Um, between 7 and 8% after, after our, our cost. On a 60-40 global, right? That's right, exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's go through. It says, um, you know, this idea about, I, I was saying, I don't know what a storefront or a broker, or a, it says that big brokerages and storefront advisor offices, are those kind of like the, those brokerage firms that are opening up the little storefronts all over the, all over the place? Is that what they're, I'm assuming, referring to? I'm guessing. Uh, financial pros had taught their clients to buy and hold stocks and other assets performed best. They argued when investors picked good ones and left them alone for years, riding the markets up and downs while their portfolio thrived. I don't know whose portfolio was thriving during the downs, but um, I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure what that means. And I think it, it might be generally true, except that if you only own one part of the market or if you have owned one stock yeah the, the premise we're already off the rails because we're talking about buying a few stocks right um and warren buffett grew incomparably rich owning companies for darn near forever um we've talked about warren buffett as a little bit of a different specimen in terms of he buys companies directly and it runs he runs them runs those companies That's right and then it stopped working. The crash of 2008 wiped out at least 2.2 trillion investors. Well, well, it didn't stop working then. If if you're under this philosophy, it would have stopped in 2000, 2001, and 2002 with the individuals who owned a handful of technology stocks, right? Yeah. I mean, when when did it? It wasn't like this is the first time it would have stopped working. Many of those companies went completely under, and many people lost. Again, a strategy we weren't recommending. And mm-hmm. I don't know. We're no storefront advisor. And um, we were joking about this notion that the big brokerages were were telling people to just buy and hold. <laughs> it's the last thing they've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely inaccurate and ridiculous. I don't understand the statement at all. I mean, no. It's utterly ridiculous. The only way they got compensated in those days no. was by trading commissions. Right. right? So making trades was and what it, they were wrong to do. Oddly enough, people were happy to do it. And in the the other magazine here, this Money Magazine, one of their things is, hey, everybody's winning because the uh, you can find these dirt cheap brokers now and buy individual stocks for a fraction of the cost. Well, as the price of stock trading has come down, it hasn't enhanced individual investors' returns. No. It's actually harmed their returns more because more turnover in the studies done on this show individuals who turn their portfolio have a tendency to sell things before they continue to go up and and they buy things after you know and after they bought them they subsequently go down right so there's all kinds of trading studies that show that additional trading um, portfolios with lower turnover do do better than higher turnover yes and I don't know sure what absolutely gonna, right we'll proceed on here. Einstein, I think, would would be very angry to be on the cover of this so far. He'd probably be uh, saying, hey, look at the academic evidence. I think that's what he would probably do. Yeah. Uh, and then it stopped working. Okay, so let's get into this. Um, those who didn't, and investors who didn't adjust their strategies have found themselves regretting it, falling behind after the recent rebound, even after the recent rebound. And for Rob Hoxton, who began his career as an advisor in West Virginia in the early 90s, Seeing the long-haul approach fail 
was an existential shock, Ethan. Like finding out your dad is really a woman. Now, is maybe, that what it says? That's what it says. He's, that's what he says. <laughs> I and I don't... That's funny. I don't know what that means. It would be shocking, I guess. But, uh, okay, what changed between 89 and, and 07, according to the World Bank, the market value of U.S. stocks more than quintupled to $20 trillion as a good reason... As a good reason as any for investors like Hoxton to trust the buy and hold. But some of that growth was fueled by workers who were pumping money into stocks for the first time as corporate America replaced pensions with 401ks. Yeah, yeah. And many economists now think that the growth boom was an anomaly, a great moderation in which recessions were unusually mild. Going forward, the economy may grow more slowly, like a flying plane... It'll feel more turbulence when it's when it hits air pockets, Ethan. If you believe the world is on a bumpy journey to a new normal, then the bumpy journey will require adjustments, says Curtis Mewborn, managing director at investing giant Pimco, who is happy for a nice fee to make those adjustments. That's not in the article. No doubt. Quoting Ethan Broga. <laughs> we set out to draw up an investing blueprint for those bumpy times, one that offers fresh ideas about what assets to buy and when to sell. Our strategies avoid the pitfalls of passivity without going overboard. We don't want to go overboard. Well, you wouldn't want that. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's, we're still down here. Is the market up in the last five minutes? Let me check Are it out real quick. Can we get a market update? Do, 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 Large, do. small, everything. Well, actually, I do have something interesting to note here. Oh, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Dow is up uh, 85.85%. Uh, Interestingly, uh, over in the international area, large-cap international stocks are up almost 2% today, 1.84%. Wow, they're bumping everywhere. It's pretty amazing. Well, the PIMCO individual is saying, after, you know, after all, mucking with your portfolio too often can be as bad for your returns as buying and holding too long. The ultimate goal is to survive and thrive when the next crisis comes along. Don't be afraid to trade is the uh, title of the next deal. Uh, as badly as the crash spooked investors, it arguably spooked their financial advisors even more, Ethan. Wow. After all, advisors pay often, uh, often declines when their customers' portfolios shrink. Sure. Little wonder, then, in a recent survey uh, by insurance company, uh, two-thirds of the advisors said they were increasing their use of tactical asset management. So let me understand, even the market goes down, they lose a bunch of money yeah. for their clients and for themselves. They didn't like it. They said, that doesn't feel too good. I'm not very happy. So now, and this is what I said, what, two years ago when I came back from the, well, the conferences? Yeah. Everybody was around going, hey, I don't really necessarily believe in a lot of this stuff, but... I got to act like I'm doing something. I got to act like I'm doing something. I'm shuffling something around here because I don't want to lose customers. Right. Um... Sounds like Pimco's got a good idea for that. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, that's uh, tactical. That's an investment philosophy that essentially dictates when the market moves, you move your money. Perhaps it's, uh, but perhaps surprisingly, it isn't. It isn't a dictate that most investors follow. Well, that flies in the face of reality. And if we look at mutual fund cash flow, we're, we're pausing here. Then, if we look at mutual fund cash flows. I'm stepping back into the office. It was getting loud. We're getting there. to the trading floor. It's getting crazy down there. I'm afraid someone's going to get hurt. Activity's really picking up. 
people are throwing good money after bad money, bad ma- money after good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to get into this frenzied market right now. It's crazy. It's frantic. Um, <laughs> but Ethan, the, the 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 mutual, the cash flows. If you watch where the money was going, um, it wasn't sitting into a buy and hold strategy. Okay, so if you said who's the herd, well, the herd would wouldn't that be where the greatest number of animals are running? <laughs> right, that's, it's that's, not the one stray. Animal that's what I think. Right, that's sitting on the on the side of the mountain. Right, it, it's the group. If there's group. yeah, if there's a thousand, how many of them have to be running in one direction, heading over the cliff, but to define what the herd is, right? Isn't it where the vast majority of them are moving? Correct. Okay, just trying to make sure because sometimes it seems like the definition is confusing to me. Oh, hang on, Simon's doing. Oh boy, we got we got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is good stuff. Stay tuned. which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We are talking about uh, investing reinvented. This is smart money, money, right? Yeah, this is their uh, July 
issue. So wow, I don't. They w- were able to get in front of time. Amazing, because Einstein was always talking about theory of relativity, but you could circumvent it. Yeah, time travel, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, Ethan, on during the break, I kind of continued on. We're reading this fresh um, along with our listeners here, and uh, basically they're talking about tactical management and the goal being, you know, that. Uh, you're, invo- you're trying to dodge losses in sophisticated ways, and we've seen a number of funds, Johnny-come-latelys as they were in our sure. view, that every time the market does anything, whether it's, hey, there's a bubble forming in technology stocks or real estate or whatever it is, somebody's willing to create a, an investment strategy to sell to people who are now interested because they read in papers like this that that's yeah. where you should be. Right. Until it doesn't work out or it pops, and then you have to get the next paper that says, hey, that didn't work. You know. Well, that's probably one of the issues. They never say it, it doesn't work. It's probably the problem. Like, yeah, well, they write it, this article right, and then they'll just keep writing articles, yeah. and they'll never come back and go, wow, we really screwed up on that one. We told people to. Yeah. And I, I exactly see as right. you proceed further, they kind of hedge their their bet here a little bit, and it says several dozen mutual funds and exchange rate funds are now, are now putting – Similar tactics in a practice because the field is relatively new. However, the jury is out on how well these strategies work. 2010 Morningstar study found uh, that some tactical funds with strong returns, and they name a few, uh, did well because of the financial strengths of the companies they invested in. But the study found little evidence that trading strategies themselves improved the results, and fees for some of the tactical funds are higher than average. Well, there's nothing new about trying to get, I mean, in and out of the market yeah. uh, and get into investment asset classes or groups that would purportedly help you to avoid ever seeing or experiencing a loss in your portfolio. There's absolutely nothing new about that. As long as there's been any kind of market to trade in, that would be a primary objective for anyone if it was possible to do consistently, right? Now... You can put a, a different wrapper and say, well, now, you know, some of the brokerage companies are, are, are buying firms that are doing this, at the ones that already have some track record. And there's a little problem with that, you know, a uh, little survivorship bias problem when you simply find a strategy that has the track record that has worked out. Right. Um, and then you, you buy that company and now start peddling it to all your clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with that is, Many mutual funds for many years have been launching incubator funds in which they'll launch 10 or 20 strategies, and whichever one actually does win, beat whatever their benchmark is, that's the one that gets all the advertising. The other ones get closed or merged into the other surviving fund. That's exactly right. So it gives this false sense, I think, that, wow, there's some real winners out there. Well, not really when you think about their, to get a winner, you had to launch 20 funds you know, or whatever the number is. It isn't a one-for-one relationship. Hey, <laughs> our company close. launched one fund, and it was a, a huge success. And every fund we launch is a success. Uh, I wish that were the case. Right. We would be the first one to recommend that you, as our listener, go into those strategies. When we can find a way that doesn't put your capital at significant risk in a way that is irrecoverable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, general market downturns, Those are recoverable losses in most cases if you do properly diversify and you have a very strong discipline or a very, very good advisor that will keep you disciplined. Right. And I'll let you jump in here, Ethan. I think you had some quotes. 
from a friend of yours? Oh, well, this kind of goes back to the, the very entry to this article you're talking yes. about, right? Yeah, from, you said from uh, Should we go back down to the floor? Personal friend. I think we should. <laughs> let's open that door. <laughs> go ahead. I think the biggest issue most investors have is they have a, very, a flawed strategy going into their investments. Right. Uh, my, my, my good friend, Napoleon Bonaparte, he has a pretty good quote. He yeah, says, you guys are tight. Most battles are won or lost in the preparation stage long before the first shot is fired, right? Right. That's exactly true with investing. I mean, you need to have a good plan that includes diversification, uh, the right allocation going into your investments. Otherwise, you're, doom- right. you're doomed to failure. That's true. It's exactly true. Now, we've been through a few multi, uh, market cycles. Just a couple yeah, in the last that, that have been painful. 15 years. And it's odd for someone, you know, earlier in this, for a, someone who's been in this since the 90s to say, well, the, the strategy of, of getting the correct asset allocation dissipate. And he's not saying that. I don't know what strategy this, that advisor was employing where he found out his his dad was a woman or whatever and and <laughs> yeah. it's about the same amount of shock that he had there was realizing that a well thought out strategy you know buy and hold would would you know doesn't work right what are you buying uh, and holding well that's the problem right exactly i mean there's a lot to when you make generic statements in these articles about well it doesn't work or it failed or it was a doomed decade or the lost decade or you you ignore a preponderance of of the other information, you know, that's saying, well, yeah, if you narrowly defined the universe. Now, maybe instead of saying, hey, we we need to charge higher prices to come up with the fund, because right now we've got everybody in a fearful state, right? Everybody's panicked. How can we cash in on this? Exactly. I, I mean, my view is I get angry at these firms. I get very upset that rather than, you know, and again, I, I, I think I ha- would have to contradict the view of every every brokerage company saying that you you know buy and hold. I, I'm, I've never been aware of that approach to stock brokers. Maybe his terminology is incorrect or whatever. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to individual stocks, you know. Sure. There's very few other than those who are buying index mutual funds uh, or a few active traditional uh, mutual fund managers that are like a Warren Buffett who do buy and hold securities for long periods of time. And it's hard to deny that he's had success. I don't, you mentioned him in the article, but doesn't say that he's hasn't been successful or that you couldn't do it, but he doesn't buy the, the hot stock of the week. I mean, he has a pretty good diversification approach. Yeah. And he buys companies that are, if he is taking concentration risk, he's buying companies that he thinks are good value. And again, he runs the companies he buys. Yeah. He's a good manager, like of companies, not just a stock picker. You know right. what I'm saying? It's well, a difference, big difference. That's true. Um, and so, you know, they, these basically a lot of the advisors the last few years have, have made this decision that in order to, to keep clients, give them the perception that they're doing something, they're turning the portfolio over more or they're engaging in these tactical strategies that are all asset type of strategies that may involve currencies, um, futures contracts on other you know, commodities or uh, I'm not sure what other esoteric uh, asset classes they're really targeting like the PIMCO. I mean, I think they're going across all the commodities, inflation-protected securities, foreign debt. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just expanding beyond a, a typical stock and bond 
mutual fund is really it and saying, hey, we have the ability to go anywhere, anytime. Um, some of the issues that, that I have with those types of approaches are you really don't know what you're exposed to at any one time and you're relying in great, uh, you're relying greatly on the skill and per- perceived knowledge of that of that manager. Right. And, and if we were talking about what has worked and not worked over the last decade, and we were going to be evidence-based, Einstein style, you would see that far more active investors, investors who are trying to shift things around all the time or actively select where the next winners are coming from have a worse track record than a more diversified approach. Now, it doesn't mean that you just sit there and do nothing. So when someone engages an advisor like Empirical who bases our approach on the best research we can find that's not biased, right, that it's independent where possible, Mm -hmm. uh, and really that's all we want Empirical distilled down means. We want to see the evidence. Yeah, exactly. Um, Before we do anything. So whether it's PIMCO or any of these companies, where is the evidence that the strategy is going to work? Uh, we should expect it to work. And are there fundamental economic principles beyond we can read the tea leaves better than the next soothsayer can? Because that's where I get nervous because they've had such a horrible, horrible track record as an industry and as a group. Anyone predicting unknown future events Mm -hmm. has a very difficult time. So anyway, Ethan, we're not saying that you you would sit there and do nothing absolutely nothing, of course you would rebounce. And this article goes on to do, I and mean, we've been doing a presentation for the last, however long, um, last year or two here, just showing if you simply rebounce an alternative market timing strategy, we call it the enhanced opportunity strategy, would be simply when the market goes down, if we took the S&P over the last, in our study, you know, you just said since 19, early 70s, yep, it's gone down 25% or more, four times. That's about average once a decade. And if you simply increased your a- asset allocation to stocks or just rebalance, you would have enhanced your return over just a static allocation and never rebalancing. So there is some evidence, some empirical research that says, yeah, you don't just sit there. Um, you do want to take the opportunity to rebalance so you don't take on more risk than you initially agreed to do. And you do take advantage of markets being irrationally exuberant or overly pessimistic by through the discipline of your rebalancing. And uh, furthermore, um, oh, you know, we're running out of time. We got to take a quick break. I'll come back. We've got one more segment. I want a few more things I want to say on this topic. Sounds and good. And uh, we'll come back in. We'll be right back. future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, portfolio manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923- 4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com that's e-m-p-i-r-i-c-a-l-f-s.com our mission at empirical is to provide clients with the most effective unbiased investment and financial planning advice available 
Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. Tune in to It's Your Money with host Bill Pfeifferlich. You'll get an eye-opening education about some of the misconceptions of the financial world. If you are a business owner, working professional, or successful American, you will benefit from the information on our program. Our guests will include financial service professionals, international tax and estate attorneys, and CPAs. We'll identify solutions that you can implement now to get the most of your money. Tune in Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for It's Your Money on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith. Ethan Brogue had to step out. He had an important uh, client meeting to attend to. We we do have to uh, take care of, of clients uh, while we do this highly informative radio program. So Simon Liu, our portfolio manager at Chartered Mutual Fund Consultant, is here filling in for the last segment. Simon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ken. You're welcome. So Simon, Ethan and I were just wrapping up here talking about this story and I had to pick it out because um, I, I kind of thought that this stuff was over, particularly as the market has rebounded, um, the stuff about it didn't work. Because when we look at our, our, our model portfolios um, and our actual portfolios, client composite portfolios, uh, most have re- completely rebounded from the uh, bottom of the market. Right. From if, you, if you bought it at the very peak, you know, and then... Went, rode the whole thing down, and then came back to now. Um, and, and for the last decade, they've done quite well, very well. Um, and, you know, we're doing some, some groundbreaking things, and we're always following the latest science and, and evidence in investing. Um, it's what, where I get irritated is when the financial media tries to paint the picture that some of the uh, lump all the approaches into one group. Either you're, you're a buy and hold guy, or you're a trader, or and that's not the case. There are nuances to it. So somebody who bought and hold, we were saying, Simon, that somebody who bought and hold held one stock. For, you know, maybe it was Enron. Right. How can you lump them in with someone who bought fifteen thousand stocks from all around the world in a very in a very academic way? Um, in a, in a diversification scheme that gives the, get scheme that gives them the opportunity to participate in capital market returns over a long term, and then mixes with that some form of risk managed uh, asset classes. So you know, we were talking about the the you know the article talked about uh, a market timing approach. 
which is nothing more than really just buying when stocks had gone down. And we had do one for the seminar. You've worked on a lot of the slides, actually, Simon. And, you know, in that, um, rebalancing is a really good market timing approach. Um, constantly examining the world of asset classes to see if there are relevant or good asset classes that you should include as as investment technology and research has has progressed over the years, there are many good viable asset classes that should be and can be included. An example of that are if inflation is a risk that investors have to face, particularly in retirement, uh, the creation of inflation-protected treasuries was a great financial innovation because now I can buy a bond portfolio that has very little credit risk you know, that's debatable right now uh, about the U.S. credit. But all kidding aside, virtually no credit risk uh, if we're not worried about the government defaulting. Mm. Hopefully they'll come up with a, a deal here to keep the, keep the raise the, the budget limit, but the deficit limit. But And stay ahead of inflation, not let inflation completely erode and evaporate your wealth by incorporating these, these inflation-protected bonds in it. Now, many of the financial innovations, though, have not been a positive to our system and to the average investor. So we saw what can happen with the financial crisis with these esoteric credit derivatives Mm -hmm. and counterparty risks that the financial institutions were taking. um, And their own CEOs really didn't understand the kind of risks they were involved in. So I would caution going into a tactical fund simply because they can buy anything at any quantity at any time. And a couple examples, uh, and we were talking about the PIMCO fund. Before we do that, let me go back uh, to the, you know, we did a little scenario. We took one of our, our global premium, we call it uh, targeted premium five, very high exposure to um, to high returning asset classes, and but only 30% in aggressive asset classes. And we said, what if you rebalanced you started at 30% equity. Maybe you're someone out there that's just afraid of equities now, and you, you need some time to be educated about how the market is going to mm-hmm. work out for you in the long run. But if you did, you, you put it into our, you, you took the 70%, and you did put it into some pretty aggressive but well-diversified equity components around the world. Um, and every time the market dropped, there was four times I was saying in the last, uh, since 1970, that the S&P 500's dropped 25% or more. And you said, hey, I'm going to rebalance, first of all. I'm going to bring my equity exposure back up. But not only that, I'm going to increase it. I'm going to go to a, from a 30-70 to a 60-40 stock-to-bond ratio. Uh, what would have happened in our scenario is you would have increased your return, your, your cumulative wealth. The ending value would have increased by over 100%. Wow. So instead of having $49, you would have had about 103 gross of, of any advisory fees you would have mm-hmm. paid to do that, um, of being in the, just the S&P 500, which was an all-equity portfolio. Um, but over the strategy, just the, the, the buy and hold, 3070, you know, you would have increased your return. Now, we don't necessarily recommend that. There's some things you have to consider, um, and it's a long-term process. You know, you'd have to be very disciplined and follow it. But the general idea is... It really illustrates the value of rebalancing. You know, when when equities go down, you rebalance the portion of your portfolio that that uh, is underweighted, which would be equities, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So, Simon, when when we we've got about two minutes here, 
we talk about a PIMCO strategy. If you look at a, a, a fund company that we, we utilize, um, Dimensional Fund Advisors, they're an institutional kind of unique supercharged index. They, they don't like to be called indexers, but they are incredibly diverse. They don't believe in traditional stock picking of 40 stocks. They'll own you know, several hundred right. or thousand in a particular fund. But they have a global fund that's 60% equities, 40% uh, bonds. And if you looked at the PIMCO All Asset Fund that's being hired, uh, highlighted here in the in this uh, publication, you might think, oh, geez, they're buying all assets. So that's what they're talking about, right? Several dozen funds uh, putting tactics to practice. Um, some technical funds with strong returns like PIMCO All Asset is what they talk about. Uh, well, the problem with that is if you look at it, you just bought the 60-40 you would have done significantly better through the downturn to now. Um, from March 9th, the PIMCO asset rebounded about 40%, where the DFA 60-40, 60% stock, 40% bond, global portfolio, very well balanced, did, is up about 70% from that low. And over the last five-year period, um, if we're, you know, and I'm just looking on the simple MSN chart, uh, the return on the uh, the uh, the 60-40 has been about 12% or so, and the PIMCO uh, virtually last five years right around zero, according to the chart. Now, it probably pays out a pretty good amount of dividend that's not being reflected in this simple price chart. So right. i got to disclose that. But overall, you get my point from the low to the top. The problem is people, when I, oh, I get frustrated, particularly if they're not working with an advisor to talk through these issues. Uh, they might be in, in, enticed to put money into these strategies and then leave them there, and you miss out when the market recovers. Right. We've got to take a break, or we've actually got to end this show. Uh, we'll take a break till next week. Tonight. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. 
That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 